cupping cereal. Very funny, very funny. <laughs> I love April Fool's Day. <laughs> Best day of the year. Kenan, have you been messing with my bathroom stuff? My face cream won't come off. Well, that's because Kelly and I replaced your face cream with paint. <laughs> yeah, it's your April Fool's present. <laughs> it's not funny. Yes, it is. Oh, Oh, come on, Cheryl, have a sense of humor. They dump cereal all on me, and you don't see me getting all angry. Uh, I can take a joke. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Pop, because uh, what's a whole bunch of cereal without a whole lot of milk? You know, if trees could talk, They'd call me Aaron. If trees couldn't talk, they'd probably call me Adam. Welcome to Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. The show where we talk about Keenan and Kel, and we're Adam and Aaron. Yep, we're Adam and Aaron, and we're here towards the end of the end. This is the penultimate episode of the final season of Keenan and Kel. Adam, we're almost there. Yeah. Uh, soon the pandemic will be over. <laughs> As it aligned with... Rest assured, Fantas. Yeah. Rest assured. Uh, sorry it's taken so long. We've talked about 60 or so episodes of Keenan and Cal, the 90s Nickelodeon sitcom. And we are healthily in the year 2000 with the airing of these episodes. This episode aired on April 1st, 2000. Yeah, we kind of like jumped around. Does it seem like there was a release... Block? Oh, yeah. Uh, this season was scattershot. Yeah, what the heck? That's no way to do a final season. Uh, it's the way a lot of final seasons happen. Things were coming out pretty steadily uh, from August to December. Actually, I should say August to October. Pretty steady stream of episodes. Then Futurama jumped to, like, New Year's. And then four months later, The April Fool's came out. So they... They chose not to air this one back in production, like, you know, earlier in the season. They said, let's hang on to that one until April Fool's Day. Wow, that's quite the commitment. And then a month later, uh, May 3rd is when the the final, like, official episode aired. Yeah, the the three-parter. No, uh, there's one after this. Ah, you think I would know. I'll know by the (laughs) end. I'll know my Keenan and Kel trivia. I I hope there's going to be another quiz, Adam. (laughs) I think there should be like a Scantron. <laughs> I, I was considering doing a uh, like a final exam. I, we can do that. But I'm like, I don't think. Well, first of all, our season review episodes aren't aren't super well listened to, so I, I'm not sure. Well, they're... that's too bad for them. Yeah. Hey, well, we'll we can break it up. I, I do want to do a top ten of like of the whole series. We're gonna do a top ten of everything. <laughs> top ten outfits. <laughs> Top 10 characters. We got to talk about top 10 uh, moments, plots. Plenty to cover, but let's uh, let's start getting into this uh, penultimate episode, The April Fools. Uh, Keenan and Kel are going to get into some trouble here. Yeah, let's join Cooley on the big orange couch and talk about it. So, uh, Kel is, has a wonderful outfit, this this one. Uh, his, he has enormous black overalls and a gray and red t-shirt underneath. They're nice overalls. <laughs> they, they are. Looks like they're nice, but that that two thousand material, you know, like the two thousand jean material. The pockets look like they like button all the way down, like like they're rip off overalls or something. He looks like he could have multiple pairs of pants on underneath. <laughs> Keenan is doing the expose of the episode. This uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of laughs. And as he's kind of winding up this intro, 
Kel winds up and kicks him in the buttocks. Yep, you hear a, like a thud sound, and he's like, "What was that for?" And he's like, I, "There's a kick me sign on the back of your, <laughs> on your back." April Fools. Keenan turns around and goes, "What? Kick me? What? What? What?" And he does that thing where he tries to reach the middle of his back. You know the thing. Yeah. Can you reach the middle of your back? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, me too. I think we, I think we left out genetically. <laughs> on that I think front. we just have flexible shoulders. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Kel's like, oh, wait a second. And he checks his pockets, and he pulls out uh, the kick me sign. He's like, ah, I forgot to put it on you. He puts it on him, and then he does this kind of karate kid, <laughs> tai chi, breath breath movement. Yeah, he goes, oh, then he strikes like a like a fierce pose. <laughs> and Kel's just like, no, no, don't kick me. Yep, he lifts his shoe up, and he's wearing these these great, great white shoes. Oh, yeah. Not sharks, but, like, they're white and they're great. Kel accuses Keenan of not being able to take a joke. And then Keenan says, I can take plenty of jokes and there'll be plenty of time for that this episode. Which, I think that's kind of the theme here of, like, what is a joke? And when does a prank, be, like, go too far? And that's, you know, who better to explore that question than our favorite duo in cinematic history, Keenan and Kel? Yeah. Uh, because they have never taken a joke too far. <laughs> <laughs> they have never taken a concept too far. Keenan puts the sign on Kel and then and then kicks him as he as he leaves. And Kel asks, Keenan, why did you pat me on the back and then kick me? Oh wait, doesn't Kel like take the kick me sign off and he goes, Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, he's like, ah, good one. <laughs> ah, here right. it goes. Right, right. So so far, jokes are things that cause physical pain. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that it's in line with most of the things on this episode. Yep. <laughs> That's <laughs> It's funny when you're in pain. We start in the Rockmore kitchen. Actually, Adam, we start in the Rockmore living room. Oh? Where we see Roger walk down the stairs in his jammies. And uh, and he's, <laughs> he is yawning and, like, he's walking over to get uh, what it looks like is breakfast. Yeah. All right, so he makes his way into the kitchen, uh, cracks open a cabinet, is looking for stuff. And what happens? All the cereal falls on him from the top shelf. I want to say, like, a bucket worth of cereal. Yeah, it's definitely more than a box. It, it looks like it's more than what the cabinet can hold, is what, <laughs> is what pours onto him from inside the cabinet, like, ejects at him. Well, what's funny is, in the camera, in, like, the cut, you can't see where the the top of the cabinet is, so they definitely could have gotten, like, a whole entire, like, 10-pound bag of cereal <laughs> and just dumped it on him. Yeah, we're going to see more of that in a sec here. Uh, Keenan and Kel uh, emerge and they start celebrating. I absolutely adore Kel's outfit in the first half of this, this episode. Might be <laughs> like a top 10 Kel outfit for me. <laughs> Do you want to describe that shirt, Adam? He has the appearance of a cab driver. He's got like the, we call it the flat page boy hats. And, yep. And uh, then he's got like a, kind of like a Hawaiian naval shirt. <laughs> on like a yellow button down short sleeve. Yellow? It looks white. Oh, is it white? Okay. Yeah, it's always so weird. You don't have the episode pulled up in front of you. <laughs> no, and uh, my the quality of my DVD rips are aren't nearly as good as yours. It should it should just I should have given you my Paramount Plus account long ago. <laughs> yeah, well, we're we're a little too <laughs> close to the end now. I do want to just say before we go any further, I loved how this episode opened. It's oh. just Roger, yes. just Roger, walking around his house in the morning, just like giving a big yawn get his bowl of cereal i just always love seeing like the world of characters like i wish we could see chris in the morning 
You know what I mean? Like, what does Chris's morning routine look like? It probably involves mother. Yeah, right. But what does it look like? It's great. So I, I love that stuff. The in- inside world. I also think it does a good job uh, showing off what the pace is going to be for this episode. Yep. And it's that, like, sure, these jokes and pranks aren't necessarily, like, like raw on the floor laughing, but there's so many of them and they're so fast that right. it's nothing but, like, you know, a good cut of the episode. Right, so Roger is kind of upset, but then he's also like, oh, boys will be boys kind of attitude. The next prank is exposed. Who comes in ro- in the room, Adam? It's Cheryl, and she's accusing Keenan of messing with her face cream. She still has her, her like, you know, look on. Her, her yeah, green face mask. And they say that they replaced her uh, face mask with paint. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> immediately we're like, oh, is this, is this going too far to have someone just paint their face? Right. Uh, and then we look over to see Roger and Keenan, because Kel's <laughs> kind of standing with Cheryl. So we see Roger and Keenan, and Roger is like, oh, <laughs> like, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, this is when Roger kind of has, has a change of, of heart, because he's like, you know, when he's laughing at someone else, he's like, look, I can take a joke. Look at me, ha-ha, pseudo fellow right. me. And him and Keenan are genuinely having a good time at this. And Kel, too. Kel's trying to cheer up Cheryl. There's a lot of that throughout this episode. Roger puts his arms around Keenan and Kel, and he's like, yeah, I have a good sense of humor. Ha, ha, ha. And then then Keenan kind of says, like, yeah, you know, what? and who wants a whole bunch of cereal without a whole lot of milk? Right. Pulls a string, and uh, a bucket of milk pours on Roger. (laughs) A bucket of milk that, that falls from the ether. Yes, like from, above wherever their ceiling is, from the production ether. Yeah, a giant like a amount of gallons of milk pour onto Roger. Yep, and then Cheryl is loving it. She's loving that Roger got what he asked for. Uh, we have a transition clip here of Lucky Charms. Yes, we do. Or, or are they Google Puffs? Uh, perhaps they're they're both. <laughs> All uh, right, I've, I I I give up. <laughs> But anyways, the first the first energy we get from this episode is just pure chaos. It's April Fool's Day, and Keenan and Cal are unhinged. Yeah, we've seen Keenan as a prankster before, but this is him, like, in his element. He's in his element, and then it seems like our next character is in his element, too. Because he's uh, ba- he's getting accepted to college. Yes, it's a- Mark Cram is back for his final appearance. Yes, I'm so I was so glad to see Mark Cram once again. Soon after in this scene, Sharla comes out, and it's just it's I love it because you know we're four minutes into the episode and we got a, a lot of our favorite characters so far. We talked about this last season at the end how like who loves who is kind of a better season finale because it, it features it's the full cast there they're dancing they're having a good time. I think this is the spiritual like season finale of Keenan mm. and Kel, possibly of the whole series. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, you know, and we'll get into this later, but it's showing when pranking isn't really allowed anymore because it, because you're growing up. Yes, right. Right, there's like real world consequences to pranks. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. Absolutely. And real world consequences to just Keenan and Kel's shenanigans in general. Let's entertain our imaginations and engage in this reality for, uh, you know, one last one last giant fun prank episode and so mark cram is talking about his recruiter from did you get the name of the college yeah northeast western university (laughs) that's right (laughs) northeast western he came and he's recruiting him or or whatever 
And Mark Cram's super smart, so it seems like he's going to get in. I like that uh, Keenan's college that he's uh, applying for is not the same one. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Th- that makes sense to me. It's like he, he's, he feels like he's going to like the, what do you call it, the community college equivalent. Yeah, or, or just not, he's not going to the Ivy <laughs> League of the, in Chicago, you know? Yeah. The place that he's going to is, uh, or he's trying to get into is Southwest Northern College. <laughs> yeah. I, very creative names because those do sound like real schools yeah but you then you look at it on paper and like oh this is just a gobbledygook <laughs> those are just directions yeah uh so he's got a recruiter coming over this evening at six and he's like oh i gotta get ready for that he stopped by to get his clam juice and spinach to celebrate <laughs> yeah <laughs> mark's celebrating with that gross stuff meanwhile kel is sitting on the uh i, I want to say kel uh, like 10 out of 10 A plus background stuff when he's not yeah. like engaged in the story he's doing really fun things on the side uh, he's making like arts and crafts and <laughs> accessories out of tinfoil yeah. yeah he's got like a hat on he's got this little like uh, almost like dreadlocks yeah he's got a uh, like what do you call it uh, he's, it looks like earphones glasses uh, like wristbands and a watch yeah he's really decked out when uh, Mark wants to make the transaction Keenan's like, oh, Charlotte, Charlotte, get in here. You're like, oh, Keenan's just being lazy. And then you say, wait a second, something's going to happen when Charlotte rings him up. So Charlotte rings him up and boom, snakes pop out of the ca- of the cash register. And we have our third prank. <laughs> Paper snakes uh, shoot out of here. <laughs> and Mark uh, passes out immediately. <laughs> it's, it's very sad. Yeah, well, uh, he says in a moment when he gets back, gains consciousness, he says, I pa- yeah, I pass out all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do that. Just have low blood pressure. Yeah, I, I think he scares easily. That makes sense. Although... It's like, it's like you wouldn't survive in the wild. He kind of has... <laughs> Mark Kremp kind of has a... Like, his name's a palindrome, but he kind of follows the opposite route of Chris as a character. Because this is his last appearance. And in it, he has a trait that he didn't have for the whole rest of the show. Kind of like how Chris in the first episode like has that twitch he doesn't have for the rest of the ep- episodes. Yeah, I love how they got rid of that Twitch. They're like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> like, because at one point in time, somebody had a conversation about that Twitch. They had to sit down and they had to decide whether he was going to have a Twitch. I, I got to say, I think that Chris may have changed the most as a character throughout this the whole show. And things that the writers just like forgot to assign him. <laughs> like, remember earlier this season, he's like, I never got my driver's license. <laughs> like wait, wait a second. When he he's had a card and like driving people around like like earlier on, and, then, and he has a super successful brother. Yeah, that that came out of nowhere. So, but anyways, what do they do to Mark Cram while he's asleep or passed out? <laughs> Keenan's like, let's put something funny in his backpack. <laughs> and what's funnier than raw meat? <laughs> yeah, that that's his go-to. Kel's suggestion is that he put that they put money in his backpack, which. <laughs> It's very funny. I have to say, I absolutely love the way that Kells are in this episode. Yeah. It's a different side of Kell, and he's got some different, like, one-liners that he wouldn't normally have. Uh, this episode is written by Erica Rothschild, who, uh, this is her first episode ever written. It's pretty strange, in my opinion, how they have, <laughs> you know, last writers. Like, like you know, first writers and, and towards the end of the season. But I guess that's how these kind of shows were made. Worth mentioning, too, uh, this could be, like, a writer's room situation, and this is what the table looks like, and, you know, yeah. she, she's been contributing a little bit every episode. This is just the one she's credited on. Like, uh, we've, we have we tend to assign a specific writer when I think it's, it might be more of a group effort and one person gets credit. Right. 
It's very possible. That's true. Uh, we'll say this episode is directed by Virgil Fabian, whose fingerprints are all over this thing. The last Virgil project. Yeah, and it's it's a great hit, as always. Mm-hmm. But I do agree, Cal is written exceptionally well, especially his background stuff. Yes, Keenan puts a bunch of raw meat in, in Mark's backpack. As he's leaving, uh, Charlotte's trying to stop him, but then Keenan and Cal like, use tinfoil, wrap it around her head, and she's like, ah, oh, she wasn't saying anything. Yep, and then Mark runs away. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's kind of upset. And then she's walking over to dust something with her dust brush. Or what do you call that? A feather duster? Yeah, feather duster. And she's like, you guys are so childish. Right. And then they say, do you want to hear what we did for, to, to, to prank Chris? She's all excited. She's like, yeah, 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 tell me. <laughs> yeah, she has a, a childish streak too. And what what is the gag here, Adam? A fake lottery ticket for $36 million. And right on cue, Chris runs out of the back and says, I just won $36 million in the lottery. I love how his attitude changes immediately. He's just like... Instantly. I don't know why I'm wasting my time talking to you poor people. <laughs> I, love- I need to spend, spend, spend. I love this. I got, I got rich guy stuff to do. See ya. I love Chris in this episode. The mm. money just goes straight to his head. It's exactly what would ha- what people tell you not to do if you ever win the lottery. Yes, uh, you. Uh, which uh, for anyone listening out there, if you do win the lottery, uh, tell no one. <laughs> go go uh, collect your money in disguise. Act, act as if you don't have any money, <laughs> and no more money than you had previously, and do that for as long as possible. And probably put it in like a a hedge fund or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like just invest it. it. Immediately talk to an accountant and get and do something with you. Or yeah, somebody who knows how to handle money. I think people know that. Why are we giving advice in the lottery? I don't know. Uh, because We've maybe never this won is the... the lottery. Adam, have you won the lottery? No. <laughs> but, no. but I could. It sounds like you did. That was pretty suspicious. <laughs> I, I I saw that on Reddit before <laughs> because. Like, it, when that thing pops up, like, people asking, like, you know, oh, what would you do if you won the lottery? The answer with the most awards is, tell no one, statistically, your life is over, and things are, bad things are going to happen. You will develop some kind of substance abuse issue, because you have just, just an abundance of substances. I, I think the main, uh, most realistic thing is to have is that everyone that's ever heard of you is going to come to you with their money problems. <laughs> And they're not going to believe you when you say that you don't have it or you, like, you know, have spent it elsewhere and you, you just run into a bunch of drama. I, I would buy a certain building and burn it to the ground. <laughs> That's what I would do. So I love how Chris is just mean. mean. He's like, ah, oh, I don't need you poor people. Mm-hmm. He makes up for it later. Uh, let's quick go to the Rockmore household for a brief scene. Ding dong, Cheryl with her face mask still on. <laughs> Yeah, she answers the door. I-, I like how you can see the kind of damage throughout this episode slowly accumulating. That's a good Keenan and Kel. Yeah. Uh, so who's at the door, Aaron? It's a postman. Yes. Who has a delivery for Cheryl Rockmore. Huh? She says, I'm Cheryl Rockmore. It's uh, from Keenan and Kel. And uh, it's a pie to the face. <laughs> and he runs away. I wish this was still a thing. <laughs> you know, you can... Oh. Can I start this service again? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's a good entrepreneurial venture? Uh, not in this day and age, no. You'd probably get sued. Yeah, come on. People are so boring. Yeah, it's, sorry. It doesn't, doesn't happen anymore. Cheryl runs upstairs. Keenan and Kel come into the, the room with, like, their lunches. Seems like the pie delivery guy was here because all the whipped cream's everywhere. Uh, meanwhile, Cheryl, like, has to, like, crawl upstairs because she's, like, <laughs> slipping. <laughs> you can't see. There is whipped cream everywhere. Keenan, so what's that? Prank number... Four. Five. Five. 
Six. Five. Prank number five. If you got the bucket of milk and the bucket of cereal and the paints, we're at, that's a grand total of seven so far. Seven, seven so far. Keaton is says to <laughs> Kel, uh, like, hey, 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 good buddy, I, I got you a two liter of orange soda right there on the little table. Why don't you, why don't you have it? Yeah. So they put the, he puts their sandwiches down. Yeah. And, and Kel's like, I'm really glad that we we have a truce and we're not pranking each other before this. And Keenan's kind of like laughing to himself. And of course, the orange soda bottle is glued to the table. <laughs> and Kel, Kel, uh, I, I always remember this scene. This is so good. Kel insists that he's he's got to do what he's got to do. Yep. So he lifts the table off and uh, turns it upside down, and drinks it, which probably was pretty fun for Kel to film. Uh, you can tell that Keenan is legitimately laughing a lot at this. Yeah, because there is just orange soda running all the way down Kel. Yeah, he he throws the table on the ground and then he says, "That was cruel." <laughs> I thought you said we weren't going to play jokes on each other. And then Keenan goes, I never said that. Roger comes downstairs, mad at Keenan. He's like, didn't you hire a postman? And he goes, <laughs> that's not Roger. <laughs> you lost your Roger voice. And he's like, ooh, a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Still not there. Yeah. And then Kel's like, wait, 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 no. And then he admits that he put wet cement in Keenan's sandwich, <laughs> which Roger just ate. Yeah. <laughs> And Keenan's very much like, whoa, hang on. That's not a prank. It's like, wait a second. You could have sh- glued my mouth together for days. <laughs> he says weeks. <laughs> weeks. Which is, weeks. Which is ter- a f- terrifying concept. Yeah, that's that's not fun. Although it would kind of be nice to not have to talk for two weeks. You can just do that, you know. You can just say that you've, you've joined a... Uh, you're doing like an experiment. I should do that. For yeah. My, for my, yeah, my students. I think Miley Cyrus did that in an episode of Hannah Montana. <laughs> when she lost her voice. Yeah, she lost her voice, <laughs> and then she did it to recover correctly. And I, right? I do remember I'm this. Not, see, I'm not crazy. No. I, <laughs> Hannah Montana with Adam and Aaron. What do you think? I don't know. I, I was watching a... I've been watching a couple episodes, episodes of different shows that Keenan Kel star in. I, I, I Prepping them to for us to watch on this episode, on this program. Like what? Uh, they, they have a cameo in an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! In what capacity? It's a it's like a it's a what if scenario. It's it's honestly like l- like less than a minute of of the full episode. Like like thirty seconds worth. You see Keenan and Kel in a scene. Well, it needs to be more. Uh, so Roger is very upset and he's mumbling. Yeah. Yep. So he goes over and like fumbles through to get a, a pen and paper, and he wrote. He writes, uh, "I'm very angry at you." <laughs> mm. I can't wait until my mouth is unstuck so I can yell at you. P.S. No more jokes. I'm warning you. <laughs> the doorbell rings, and he goes to get it before Keenan Kill can stop him. So they run away up to Keenan's room. Same postman. Are you Roger? Pie to the face. The same pie to the face. So that's prank number orange soda would be eight. Yep. Some wet cement would be nine. Pie to the face to Roger, ten. Ten. Ten in like under ten minutes. Like this is Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's They're a lot. Going for it. They're going for the record. So up in Keenan's room, uh Kel's like, Hey Keenan, don't you want to work on your computer? He's <laughs> doing like the SpongeBob laugh. Um and Keenan's like, wait a second, where is my computer? Where it is where is it, Adam? Maybe you should look out your window. Yeah, it's 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 been smashed to a million pieces because Kel threw it out the window. And now we're getting to the point where, like, you know, 
like pie to the face is one thing. Wet cement, eating wet cement is a different thing. A th- destroying property yeah. is what's that called? Vandalism. Sure. <laughs> they have a philosophical conversation about what's really a prank and what's not. And I think that uh, it is. This is an instant where Cal not understanding what's going on is like is having direct like karmic like feedback into Keenan. Right. And Keenan, the more like pranks Keenan does that like aren't really pranks, like you know, tricking someone to like spending a lot of money, uh, it basically is what a lot of his upcoming pranks like you know devolve into. Uh, means that Cal like sees these and he's not like he's not interpreting them correctly. Previously. Kel thought that Keenan, both of them had a truce, but then Keenan pranked Kel. Now, Kel pranked Keenan, which with this the computer out the window trick, and Keenan is asking Kel for a truce because they're supposed to be playing pranks on other people. The, this is uh, the other part of this episode, the unsteady truce. I, I think any prankster would know this, is that like it's the perfect occasion. When someone thinks that they're in the clear, then boom, you got them with another one. Exactly, because you... you made a, a pact to not prank them. The rest of the episode gets very greedy with that. I think greed is the sin of this episode. Then, you know, it becomes very boy who cried wolf. It does. Well, well let's look at it. Um, Keenan goes to Cal. He says, look, we're a team. Like Sigfrid and Roy. Abbott and Costello. <laughs> and Cal's like, yeah, Magic and Kareen or Penn and Teller. <laughs> <laughs> like, l- quoting the... <laughs> Quoting the theme song. I love that. And I think you're right about this being like the soul of Keenan and Kel, right? Like, yes. Absolutely. They they wove in the theme song. <laughs> As they're making a pact to not do any more pranks. Uh, they hear Roger come up the stairs and Keenan goes, uh, quick, hit yourself in the head with that, that dictionary. And he does. And it's like, ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah, and now Keenan's just taking advantage of Kel for believing anything he'll tell. He'll say it's a very strange friendship when, when we, you know, when we go that way. But that's what happens. So what's that? Prank eleven? <laughs> yep. The computer was eleven. The dictionary was twelve. <laughs> so I'm writing twelve down, so I don't have to do this every time. <laughs> what the computer was eleven? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, yeah. eleven. Uh, so uh, as as Roger's trying to get in, Keenan says, "Quick, let's go out the window." And as the scene's transitioning, you see him from under his bed pull out a rope ladder. Oh, what? Yeah, it's like it's like you blink and you miss it, but he has a rope ladder for a second. He does, he does. I think they cut that because that's they don't want kids to get any ideas. Yeah, I, I also think, uh, did you have the uh, the end part of this episode? Uh, you, you know, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, well, there's a... Uh, I'm asking now because they have a PSA-style announcement at the end <laughs> about, like, why pranking is bad. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't get it. Yeah, and so I feel like that that's part of... There's an edit of this that was kind of too uh, too bad for TV <laughs> where they, they're a little, like, more raucous. Yeah. Which, which we expect them to be at the same time. Not a good role model for kids. Or it could just be this this solo writer, like not really know that that Keenan has never ever gone outside his window with a rope ladder. Right, exactly. Um, so Keenan and Kel are at Rigby's. They're catching their breath. They're like, okay, let's just hang out here for a second. Yep. I, I will say this transition is about tomatoes, it's like tomatoes falling, and you see the tomato bin like out in Rigby's. Right. A very appropriate prop for an episode all about jokes. That's true. 
Yeah, it's like, a, you know, a, a comedian, when they do a bad joke, you throw tomatoes at them. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. The so, website. <laughs> exactly. Adam, are you a Rotten Tomatoes user? Because I feel like b- both of us are more IMDb people. Yes, I don't go there on there often. Well, I mean, their their system's really flawed. How so? Because I don't, I never get good vibes. I think Rotten Tomatoes is almost always not accurate. When you see a a Rotten Tomatoes score, uh, it reflects the number of reviewers, professional reviewers, that scored it above like a, a failing grade. Like if if they give it a passing grade of, I think it's maybe like seventy percent and up, uh, then it gets a, then it's ranked fresh. And the percent you see is number of reviewers that call it fresh. So if you if you see a video, uh, a everyone could give like a, a movie 70s across the board. And then Rotten Tomatoes says, yeah, it's 100% fresh. Oh. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of messed up and, and, and jilted in that way. Yeah, no, I like IMDb's system better. It's more a uh, literal system. But IMDb only has, um, doesn't have critic score and, and audience score. It just has audience score. Right, but I think they weigh. They might weigh them differently. You have way more people competing in there, at like right. So the bigger demographic, more accurate score, I guess, is the argument. Right, right, right. I use it all the time. Oh yeah, it helps. Yeah. It helps me tell uh, determine if movies good or not. But I don't know. There's Rotten Tomatoes, especially. It, it's way swingier. I've seen some twenty percent movies on Rotten Tomatoes that are not twenty percent movies. Oh, oh yeah, and I think IMDb is the same thing. I. I used to think that it's like, oh, let me watch this movie and, and see if it's good or not. And I'm like, wait a second. I have my own opinion. Yep. Like, and then I watch a movie and I'm like, this movie is amazing. And then I watch Spider-Man 3 and I'm like, you know, six, it has a 6.9, but it, it feels like a 5.9. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's Spider-Man 2. I'm like, that's an 8. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you think Spider-Man 2 is an 8? I, I cried. Aunt May gets me every time. Oh yeah, she, I I also cry when I watch that movie. <laughs> That's what I mean. When I cry, it means it's a ten. I guess is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Aunt May's like the best Spider-Man character of all time. Uh, so the other. Anyways, part, yeah, not to to straight too far. Uh, this whole this whole podcast is us proving that the IMDb score is like. That's exactly right. Yeah, nonsense. This <laughs> is bunk. Right, because if you're a fan of something, you watch a show or something with a different lens. If you're a fan of one person in the show or a movie, we're big into Matthew McConaughey right now. Okay, it's like if I watch something with Matthew McConaughey, I'm gonna like it. Mm. Like he doesn't miss. You see, uh, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. No, uh, hi- highly recommend. Is it a movie? Yeah, it's uh, like a stop motion. Matthew McConaughey is a voice of a character. Oh, cool. So neat. And <laughs> we're we're very far off topic, but. <laughs> Let, let's let's get back to things. Uh, at Rigby's, they're talking about how Keena has like we got to go back at six. Uh, that's when the recruiter's there. Uh, my my parents won't be yelling at me because he he'll he'll be there. So that way, yeah, and he's like come up with a good scheme. Right, and Kel goes, man, you're so smart. You ever think about college? <laughs> Which I think is actually a great line here because it's like Kel thinks Keenan's smart because Keenan knows how to like plan things. And plan schemes and plots and, and whatnot. Like Keenan would be very successful if he was living with uh, Frank Reynolds and it's always something. Like <laughs> yes. they love schemes and plots and well financed uh, endeavors. But that that he's smart in the sense of the way a kid's smart. Sure, right. He's not smart in like the responsible like, hey, let's let's like, I don't know, contribute something meaningful. 
or, or you know what I mean? By smart, Cal means like you are clever with your irresponsibility. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, Keenan strikes me as a kid that like is very street smart and in like he doesn't do well like with grades wise because he doesn't apply himself. Yeah, because he's he's busy scheming of, of like get rich quick quick schemes and things like that instead. I know a few kids like this. Uh, the other interesting thing about Keenan is that this is the only time in the entire series you're not going to see this in the next two, the next episode of the TV movie, where there there's some foresight into what happens after the series. This is Keenan and Cal talking about college. Like, oh, true. This is the only time we see that. Right. Exactly. They're looking for. They're thinking about what's after high school. It's and it's, it is interesting because we've watched them for sixty episodes and they've been in high school not in not in many episodes but like they've been that's like the background of the of the characters. Also worth pointing out, this episode's out of order uh, in terms of like the canon of the series because we've already saw them graduate. We saw that several episodes ago, them graduate from school, and this is back in April oh, talking about college. True. So they they hung on to this episode to release like kind of on the money. This is like this would be like junior year, Keenan and Kel. Oh no no! I think it's senior year, Keenan and Kel. I know no, but the recruiter. I mean, maybe yeah. I guess senior year would make sense still, but not in April. Uh, I I think maybe in the late nineties they were doing recruiters pretty late in the game. It's possible. And Keenan also pushed pushed stuff off because, as you saw, uh, Mark got accepted. He got his accepted letter in the same time where Keenan still recruit talking to a recruiter. Right. Okay. So makes sense. That timeline adds up. Well written for the timeline. Um, and so Keenan says, "I'm gonna while we're here, why don't we play a joke on Charlotte, who's behind the counter?" And Kel, Kel says, "Okay, I'll just be. I'll, I have to go outside real quick." So he goes outside. Meanwhile, Charlotte's in the back. So he picks up the phone, and he calls uh, what establishments? Pizza Farm. Yeah, Pizza Farm. And he orders how many large pizzas? Seventy-five large pizzas and a diet soda. And it's, oh, what's the name? As Sharla walks out from the back, Sharla. <laughs> she says, yeah. He hangs up real quick. He does not hang up real quick. It takes a long time to hang up. <laughs> he fumbles the phone as he tries to hang up quick. Yeah, I feel like everyone's like having a blast this episode. Uh, oh, and then the, the best part is coming up right here. Mm-hmm. Greetings, my unrich friends. <laughs> Chris walking in looking like Count Dracula. Yeah, he... <laughs> He has three layers of clothing on. <laughs> He's got like... A- I love when they dress Chris up. <laughs> uh, again, this is like his fifth form this season, and it's so it's so good. This is also peak Chris, by the way. He's in the next episode, but this is him in his best form. This is this is the best Chris. He has a, a, a maroon turtleneck. Over that, he's got, like, a, a red, like, uh, salsa kind of shirt, like, like what a, a classmate Phil wore in class. Uh, that's... He, that's covered in like bling necklaces oh, he's got and... gold chains everywhere yeah uh he's all, he's got also got rings on his fingers he's got he's got a cane over that red shirt is a green suit and over that suit like draped on him is another like, <laughs> it's ca- like cape like a cape <laughs> slash like purple like it's, it's a cape <laughs> his hair is slicked back he's got like rich guy sunglasses on and he's got a cane He's so rich. <laughs> it's so painful. Uh, he has purchased two things for his favorite employees. For Sharla, a diamond tiara. And she, <laughs> and she's very much like, oh, I can't accept it. This as she puts it on. Why does everybody have the same accent today, Adam? <laughs> I don't know. 
She's like, it must have cost a fortune. And he goes, well, I have a fortune. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Keenan, I got you a watch. It cost me $10,000. <laughs> that's how he delivers. He's like, it cost me $10,000. As soon as Chris like thinks he's rich, he like adopts different accents. <laughs> yeah, well, it's his, it's his alternate personalities coming out. He's like, ah, this is who I thought I would be all these years ago. And Sharla, being, like, Keenan's conscience, is, like, really pressing him. He's like, Keenan, tell him. Chris admits that he's been writing checks for all this stuff. Because yes. Keenan's like, why haven't you gotten... You haven't even gotten your money yet. He's like, I've been writing checks in the meantime. And so Sharla's like, Keenan, tell him. And Keenan is going to tell him, for, for what it's worth. Uh, but then a, a boy enters that's whose backpack is has a dog attached to it. Uh, and that boy is none other than M-A-R-C-C-R-A-M. Yes, uh, Mark Cram is like, there must be a hundred dogs out there. I don't know why they keep chasing me. He turns around and there's actually a dog cinched to his backpack. Does it look like a real dog to you? Uh, you know, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is a real dog. Either way, he, he leaves with the dog. Keenan tries to tell him again, uh, but he says, I don't have time for this. I've got to go spend, spend, spend. I don't know why he's buying all these things. Oh my goodness. It's painful, but it's great, Chris. Okay, it's not a cape. It looks like it's an overcoat. You can yeah, see the like, sleeves. It's an overcoat worn as if it was a cape. Yep. <laughs> Who enters Rigby's next? Kel, followed by a police officer. Yes, and this policeman uh, is kind of like uh, telling Keenan that he's like, I got to write your ticket because your, uh, your bike is chained to the fire hydrant. And then Keenan's like, oh, I see, Mr. Police Officer. Nice try, Kel. Yeah. And then he rips up the citation. And he's like, well, I am a real police officer. That was a real ticket. And Keenan does a big show. He's like, ooh, yes, I'm sure this is a real, very real hat you got here. And look, this is some very real cream corn that I'm going to pour inside of it. Pours the cream corn in the hat, puts the cream corn hat on the police officer, and then he gets, uh, he gets some, what, some shaving cream? Yep. Makes a beard. Makes him a shaving cream beard. He's just humiliating this police officer, and this police officer is just taking it like a champ. Yep. For some reason. Clearly, he's he's laughing well, as this happens. Yes. Then it smash cuts to Keenan saying, how was I supposed to know you're a real police officer? Jail slams on him. <laughs> this is awesome. Halfway through this episode, Keenan's in jail. Yep. Halfway through. <laughs> like, what, a, what an episode. Because uh, the cream corn hat thing wasn't super funny. I don't know if I've ever like really like laughed at it hard, but it's yeah. it's real fast. It's like less than a minute, and now we're on to like the next joke. Thirteen with the pieces, and uh, fourteen is what Kel did, and uh, <laughs> that will about that we're about to discover. Uh, the, the police officer was just bad luck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so Keenan's attitude of being paranoid has got hit immediate karma. He's in jail. That's right, yeah. He put out that negative energy. He, uh, he, and because he and uh, Kel didn't, like, respect their truce, he um, assumed this police officer was a prank. And now it's gotten Keenan locked up behind bars. Uh, as, as we come back from the commercial break, Kel's hanging onto the door of the jail cell as the, a police officer, like, puts a maniac, <laughs> I think as I'll call him, into the jail cell and closes it. Yeah, he looks like a meth head. That's not nice. He looks like a uh, user of meth. <laughs> One who uses meth. He's a person of meth. <laughs> he, 
He's a meth using person. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so Ken is like, how is he? How is he a real police officer? He wrote me up for moving my bike. My bike wasn't chained there. And then Cal's like, kind of like, yes, it was. I moved it. April Fools. Yeah. And then Keenan's like, oh, man. And Cal goes, don't worry. I'll get you out. And he does the same karate kid thing that he did in the beginning <laughs> in the intro and tries to kick the gate uh, the gate open. And he's like, oh, it's locked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keenan goes over to the telephone, which is conveniently inside the jail cell, yep. which I don't think that's a thing. But No, uh, me neither. But it's convenient that he can do, do his one phone call without breaking up the scene. And we go over to Roger and Cheryl, who are a mess. Cheryl still has the face mask on. And Roger is pouring uh, hot water. He has an <laughs> oven mitt on. He's pouring, like, a kettle, kettle water tr- in his mouth, trying to undo the cement. This is a very fun subplot of, of Roger trying to get the cement out. It's everybody else dealing with the ramifications of Keenan's pranks. And what, Speaking of, he calls them and he tells them, he's like, I, I'm kind of in jail. And his mom doesn't believe him yep yeah after all the pranks that he's pulled like when something real happens he cried wolf too many times and now they hang up on him yep yep it's basically like the oldest story that you tell to children it's like yeah well it's a it helps. The boy who cried wolf it i think it's a very important lesson for kids to learn early on at honesty yeah uh it, it's a very important virtue and without if if everyone in society was dishonest then society would collapse. Yep. Basically. Well, I think that's. I think we're there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. No. It's. Oh, there's there's positions like the the presidency where everyone just had an honor system for so many years. And then, kind of. Yeah. Then someone's showing up and you're like, wait, I can just lie and no one's gonna call me on it. Yeah. And then what's the worst that can happen? And we're seeing what the worst that can happen is. And other politicians are like, wait a second, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we could just not say the truth anymore. And nobody's going to say anything. They're just going to say say that we said it. Yeah. Nobody's going to do anything. Keenan's talking on the phone, and then uh, Sir Meth is standing behind him, just shadowing <laughs> over him. And uh, his arms are crossed, and he's nodding and, like, patting Keenan's back, like, in affirmation. I think he has a he has a turtle tattoo. He, he gets very friendly with, uh, with Keenan. I think he also has a hippo tattoo. <laughs> he loves his semi-aquatic animals. Yeah, he, uh... <laughs> Yeah, he gets very friendly with them. And so he says, uh, as soon as he hangs up, he's like, you know, that's a nice watch. And then he says, yeah. I-, I said that's a nice watch. And Keenan just kind of submits and takes it off. Which is, that's a that's bad. I, I have to point out right there, that's a $10,000 watch. <laughs> and, and that even if Chris is, like, selling things and giving things back, uh, like, you know, post this prank, that's $10,000 that he definitely lost. Here's bad writing for you, Adam. Hmm? This is bad writing. Ready? He yep. could have given that watch as bail. <laughs> well, I, I think you need cash bail. You can't. You can't just give them things on your possessions. Oh come on! Yeah, it's that, a gold watch. That's how it ten thousand dollars. Specifically, they should have probably taken like his stuff and put them in a little locker. Like you don't have your wallet when you're sitting in jail. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe you do. This is not jail jail. This is just kind of like county uh, jail. Yeah, it's the holding cell. Not even county jail. It's just like town jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, we clearly don't know much about ship anatomy, and we don't know about <laughs> about how jails work. Don't you say I don't know much about ship anatomy. <laughs> I know a lot about pirates. I watched all five Pirates of the Caribbean movies. <laughs> how was it? <laughs> Increasingly bad? 
th- those movies are great. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a big fan of the early ones. Th- those movies are great. Okay. Anyways, uh, uh, Roger, by the way, was on the phone. And he was going... <laughs> yeah, I like how he weighed in, even though he doesn't talk at all. Yeah. Uh, we, we cut back to the Rockmores. Not a lot of transitions this episode. It's an interesting, I guess, editing technique. Maybe just because of how how quickly we are go between scenes. Right. And how much episode there is. Uh, we see all, all these gadgets on the table that Roger's been using to try and crack open his mouth. Yep, what do you what do you see here, Adam? Uh, it looks like there's like a... I would call it like a, a welding torch. Like there's uh, some like uh, a crowbar. A hammer, a whisk... Uh, an electric knife spackle thing and finally uh, a fork which is in his mouth and he literally breaks trying to get this cement out yeah, it must have been fun to like put all that stuff out yeah but this fork breaks <laughs> and uh, Cheryl's doing the talking for both of them now is just like this, this is the last straw we're gonna get beat Keenan at his own game yep I've had enough of these jokes like we just need to teach that boy a lesson and now we go back to the uh, the jail cell possibly one of my favorite Kel scenes of all time <laughs> this is pretty great so Kel sneaks over to the jail cell, and what's he got in his hands? A chocolate cake with a saw <laughs> just sticking out of it. Yeah, yeah, the saw is this enormous saw that's clearly visible in this cake. And he says to Keenan, hey, Keenan, uh, I, I saw that you might be hungry. <laughs> that's what I saw. Eat it. I hope it doesn't break you out. <laughs> He's like winking at him and stuff like that, and it, and then Keenan's like, "Cal, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, you see, it's a cake, and there's there's a saw that I put inside of it, so that you can you can cut the bars open, and then be free." And, and meanwhile, while this is happening, the the officer has snuck behind Cal, and is just watching this whole thing transpire. And Keenan's trying to give him the eyes, like Cal, yeah, and knock the, it off, and, and like everyone to like he's like everyone can see the saw. He's like, can they? And he's like, yeah. And then the the officer's like, yeah, everyone can. And then he starts laughing. <laughs> so he he puts the cake over there. He's like, and um, it's illegal. <laughs> he, he just opens the jail cell, puts Kel in it, closes the jail cell. Keenan and Kel are together in the jail cell, and and Kel goes, wait, one last thing. <laughs> oh, Kel goes, wait, uh, don't worry, I got a plan. Hey, can I see that cake? He goes, no. And God, oh, man. He knows. Uh, tries again another phone call. I guess maybe he's using Kel's phone call to uh, to call Sharla. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Kel is playing with toilet paper. Yeah, he's... It, it's, it's hilarious. In the background, you see him, like, waving the toilet paper around like a ribbon. And he wraps it around, like, the, the meth guy and pulls him close. Then he starts, like, choking him. <laughs> And then the, the guy's just, like, stepping towards him, like, okay, stop it, man. <laughs> yeah, so while he's bothering them, Keenan's just talking to them. He's like, if you see Chris, tell him, help! Right, because Chris has all the money. Yep. So Sharla is, uh, we stay over with Sharla here after that scene. And I don't know what she's doing. She's playing with clothespins. Yeah, she's, like, stacking clothespins like a Jenga tower. Yep. Uh, and then so, uh, a bunch of guys come in, or one guy comes in from the pizza farm, and he goes, uh, hey, I got a, are you Sharla? Yeah, well, I'm Sharla. Aaron, how do you know that he's from the pizza farm? He's wearing a shirt that says pizza farm on it. Now sold at Rockmore and Kimball. Oh, yes. 
If you want a blue shirt with regular font <laughs> on it that says Pizza Farm, today's your lucky day. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we, you can buy yourself a, a Pizza Farm t-shirt. At tpublic.com. Yeah, tpublic, uh, Rockmore and Kimball, the, the Keenan and Kel podcast. Uh, very own t-shirt store. Wow. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, at this time, there's a sale there for 15% off. 15% off. Featuring this all the joke t-shirts of Keenan and Kel. Thank you for making this, Adam. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. We sold another one. Did we? <laughs> yes. To who? <laughs> uh, our fans, apparently. They say, I, are, hey, are you Charlotte? He's like, yes, I am. Great, we got an order. And uh, nine guys enter, all wearing Pizza Farm shirts and, t- and hats. And they got just stacks of pizzas. So, Adam, if uh, one guy is carrying two pizzas mm-hmm. and and uh, nine guys, nine other guys? Nine guys, yeah. Okay. Uh, and nine guys are carrying boxes of pizza. How many boxes of pizza does each person have? Uh, let's see. Uh, eight, eight and one. Eight, 81 is is if it was uh, multiplied by nine times seven. Nine times nine times nine is 81 nine times eight is uh 72 so uh approximately they're each carrying uh oh hang on it was eight people yeah they're they're each carrying like nine pizzas that was painful to listen to (laughs) i didn't have a calculator handy as a math instructor (laughs) well that was my thought process well oh great speaking to the season finale uh, like, 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 you know, the spiritual finale. I feel like this is a, an episode where everyone was on set and they bought pizza for everyone. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so that's why like that's they have, like, true. all those pizza boxes. Yep. Then, like, she's like, I didn't order these pizzas. I, I, I can't, I don't have 900 and, how much was it? $912. $912. Aaron, if, if there's 75 pizzas in Minnesota, how much, <laughs> how much is these pizza <laughs> if, uh, if the total is 912 I will tell you later. <laughs> oh. About twelve dollars each. Twelve dollars each, and in this economy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then they basically intimidate her. They say, "Look, you ordered the pizzas. You're paying for the pizzas." And they all step closer to her. It's very scary. This other guy says, "Don't forget the tip." Yeah, he, every time Adam, that he says nine twelve, he's like plus tip. We cut back to prison, and Adam, who else is in prison? Mark Cram. What happened? His backpack's been been destroyed, and he was arrested for dog napping. He still has his backpack in there, which is nice in case they want any raw meat. He goes, I don't understand. And then he runs over to the gate, and he says, but I'm innocent. I-N-N-O-C-E-N-T. <laughs> innocent. He shouts that. Then he sees the, the meth guy next to him. He's like, oh, hey, that's a nice watch. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, look at this. Yeah. Uh, and then Chris walks over. Oh, she goes. I, I just realized that's a Mark thing. He appreciates watches. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I didn't even put that together. But yeah, no, he, he he's a watch. Oh, what a know. great callback! <laughs> yeah, that's that, a great Mark Cram callback. Like Mark, what are your character's traits? Uh, uh, photography, uh, spelling things, smart watches. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, th- that's actually really good writing. Yeah, Chris pulls up. I got here as soon as my limo could. He goes, <laughs> he goes, men? <laughs> <laughs> he addresses them, men? I'll bail you out. In fact, I'll bail all of you out. 
And he pulls out his checkbook, a magical checkbook. And the, the, the cop is he's like, ah, this will cover it. I put in, uh, some money in there for your troubles. Don't worry about it. I'm a millionaire. He's they're like saying they pay him back. And he's looking at his like, oh, you're Chris Potter? You're the Chris Potter? Yep. He's like, well, if you don't say, if you say so, he opens up the door and he pushes Chris in and shuts it. My favorite part is he wrote a check and he said, keep the change. I'm very, very rich. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, uh, he tells him that you've been writing bad checks all over town. <clears throat> we got you. Yeah, uh, which is, uh, yes, even if Chris truly won the lottery. He's still writing bad checks. <laughs> yes, he, he needs the cash first. So this is this is kind of on Chris. Yep, and then he loses his cool. It's mm-hmm. like if you locked up Jeff Bezos and they won't let <laughs> him out. <laughs> That's how much he loses his cool. Would that be great? Like if somebody accidentally arrested Jeff Bezos, and he was all mad. <laughs> yeah, because he, uh, he would be shouting the same stuff that Chris is shouting right now, which is like, uh, "I'll buy this jail and fire you." <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't you forget it, buddy. Yeah, and Keenan has to break it to him. There's like, actually, Chris, uh, it was kind of a kind of an April Fool's joke. See, the richness thing, you know. Uh, and then uh, Roger and Cheryl back at the Rockmore residence. Roger and Cheryl are, are waiting for Keenan to come back, and they got two buckets. Um, and so they get there's a knock at the door, and they think it's their son who was pr- clearly pranking them about jail. Yeah. Um, they say, "Come in." Person comes in. Obviously not Keenan, but Roger and Cheryl don't recognize that. And so they pour pancake batter and hot fudge on them? Uh, ice cream and hot fudge is what I think they're ice going cream. for. Okay. But it, it's very melted. Very, very melted. Uh, I, I love the, the recruiter because like, he's he has one line and it's very, in the scene. It's very, he's just like, hello. It's, it's so chipper. He's so happy to be a college recruiter. And then he gets covered by ice cream and hot fudge. Yeah, that, that has to be one of the worst things that's ever happened to him on the job. I would have the exact same reaction if I uh, that happened to me anywhere. I would just start screaming. <laughs> like, what, 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 what? Yeah. So then we have this great moment, and they're like, you know, they finally realize. Roger, of course, still can't talk. And then we have this great Virgil, probably one of Virgil's best pieces of work in this entire series. It's a pan across everyone that's in jail. Yep, through the through the bars. Mm-hmm. So we start with it's going right to left. Yes, it's going right to left. We start with Keenan, who's sad. Yep, he's kind of just reflecting on all of his choices. We go to Kel, who has like the paper gingerbread man thing, like all holding hands. <laughs> yeah, he's making folding paper men. So you know, he's fine in jail. <laughs> uh, he, he'd be fine in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Mark is sad. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Chris is like, basically, he's confessing all the things that he bought, like to to the meth guy. I guess I'll have to return to the speedboat I got, mother. Yep. Hey, that's a nice watch. <laughs> My favorite part is Chris is just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of is, isn't he? Like something happened to everybody else here. They were the victims of these crimes. Chris is kind of just stupid. It's kind of a his own undoing here, right? And so then the the officer walks back, dragging Charla into into the jail cell. Which uh, I feel bad for Charla here. I, uh, 
when uh, Alexis Fields like did these episodes, like she at at the season four episodes at least, she's got a lot of emotion. It's very much her, like you know, uh, she's putting a lot of effort into her acting performance. She's very emotional about it, and she's like, yeah, she tells everyone she's like, yeah, I I someone put a giant pizza order in my name, Keenan. Uh, she still has her diamond tiara, and the <laughs> the meth man says, uh, uh, hey, that's a nice tiara. So actually, I just looked it up. Uh, this guy is played by an actor called Michael Grief. Oh my god! Uh, he best known for uh, his—he's a New York guy, believe it or not. He's—he's he's credited as tough guy in this one, but he plays like you know a bunch of like bouncers and uh, you know people like that. Uh, he's in iCarly an episode, and I think he's best known for uh, his role in Liar Liar. He plays uh, a guy called Van Driver. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, not a guy called Van Driver. <laughs> I just really... <laughs> yeah, he is a Van Driver in Fire Liar. It's a Van Driver named Van Driver. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably... Yeah, that's probably his name. All right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so Charla's enters, and following Charla, uh, Roger and Cheryl are, are brought to the inn. Cheryl's still with the face mask on. Yep, Roger with his cement mouth is still there. Uh, they brought it. Uh, the angry recruiter called the cops. Uh, what does he say to Keenan? You must be Keenan Rockmore. Yeah, I'm the recruiter from Southwest Northern College. Your application has been denied. <laughs> Rips it up and he leaves. Throws it on the ground and leaves. And so now, literally everybody is in the jail cell, mm -hmm. looking at Keenan. This is also the same way that the the Seinfeld series ends, <laughs> the final episode. Is it? Yeah, it, they all go to jail for being bad people, <laughs> basically. <laughs> When did that end? What what year? Uh, so, uh, I think a couple years before this one. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, it's definitely nineties. I, I want to say like ten seasons. Nineteen ninety eight is when it end, ended. Yeah, yeah. This is this seems like that. Nine seasons. So yeah, but uh, could be an homage to that. Uh, but yeah, they are all in the jail cell, and as they're putting together here, like Keenan, this is all your fault. <laughs> Yep. They're like, you did the the lottery prank. You called the pizzas. You uh, and then and Kale's like, yeah, and you put the, the the meat in Mark's backpack. And you made me think I was rich. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I jumped over a really good line here that I want to point point out. Is that when Charla is like telling them what happened, Kel says a line that's totally is not a Kel line. It's unlike anything he's ever delivered before, or said before. But it's really, really funny. He says, uh, in response to Charla getting uh, yeah, arrested, he says, "Wow, the city's really cracking down on crime. It's about time." <laughs> 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 like totally, totally that straight, is great. like that. That is a great line. They put it all together. That's Keenan's fault. And how does the episode end, Aaron? They basically all start beating Keenan up in the jail cell. Yeah, Chris is hitting with his cane, and and he's, like, pressed against the bars as they're all, like, attacking him. And that's the episode. I do have the outro, believe it or not. I oh. think I just forgot about it. Yes. Uh, the outro, Keenan and Kel pull aside, like, director's chairs that have the Keenan and Kel logo on them. And they're like, hey, here at the Keenan and Kel show, we're all about playing practical jokes. But in real life, practical jokes are no joking matter. Right. This is just a TV show. Yeah. There's nothing funny about filling the library with cottage cheese. <laughs> <laughs> or putting an armadillo in somebody's pants. And after he says that, they kind of like start laughing. It's so funny, because these, these two can't be serious. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, do, you, do you have what Cal says here? 
There's nothing funny about switching your sister's toilet paper with sandpaper. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. Uh, and they're like, if you must joke, joke responsibly. But then they start like laughing, and then a record scratches over the nice music that plays, and they're just like, yeah, all right, let's get out of here. Just a friendly message from your friends at Keenan and Kel. Yep, and then they get up. Oh, forget it. Yeah, brother. Why don't you grab me some cottage cheese and an armadillo <laughs> and a whole, whole mess, mess of sandpaper, sandpaper <laughs> and meet me at the school library. Come on, Plucky. He runs away, and Kel's just like, Keenan, what if the what if the armadillo eats the cottage cheese? Keenan, what's an armadillo? <laughs> Keenan, ah, oh, here it goes. That's the episode. The April Fools. That was a good episode. I think we we've pointed this out before, but it's an episode where that can only happen in the final season when they're like so on their game. Right. They've done this so many times. They know what's up. They know the characters so well, and they bring them all together for this this big, epic, fast-paced uh, explosion of, ta- of talents. Yep, and everybody's in it. Except oh. for Kyra. <laughs> you no, know, Kyra. She is. She got done dirty this season. She, she, she is the supporting actress in this season. It's even sad. Even dirtier than all the other seasons. She's in, like, one, maybe two episodes this one. Yeah, yeah. Poor Kyra. Uh, but besides that, yeah, no, this very, very good stuff. Uh, Aaron, who, whose fault do you think this episode was? Keenan's or Kel's? Keenan's. <laughs> As everyone agrees at the end there. Uh, so, no, no debate in that. Uh, I have a quick uh, piece of listener feedback. Go ahead. I love listener feedback. Replying from our segment last episode, uh, a.k.a. Johnny T got back to us. Johnny! Johnny was the guy with the uh, the, the Keenan Kel birthday party. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. He said that, update, we have started listing since you're fr- you first reached out. Uh, great suggestions. We'll definitely start working with some of those ideas. Also, notice that uh, Kel is on Cameo, so we'll probably get him involved, too. Thanks again. Keep up the good work. Well, if Kel's on Cameo, we could... We could... <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's allowed. We, we, if, we could pay to talk to him, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Which is, is true, although I I always feel very weird about Cameo myself. I've never used it. It's kind of like everyone's just kind of shilling their, their greatest moments, if you want to hear uh, the guy that plays Kevin from The Office like talk about you and your friends all getting to know each other in the pot or something. Right. <laughs> or, uh, Ooh, um... Ah, this is expensive. <laughs> yeah. Personal use, $159. For business, $500. Oh, well, do we... Well, hmm. Who Cameo calls. <laughs> He's not using it yet. If we don't mention the t-shirts, I think we can we can call it personal use. <laughs> Somebody used it 14 days ago. Oh, there you go. Wow. I don't know. Maybe we could just talk to Cal regularly. <laughs> yeah, I think we could do that. <laughs> yeah, hey, Cal, we did 60 episodes about your, your program. We've talked for 60, over 60 hours about you. We're definitely not the average fan. <laughs> we are not. Yeah, yeah. We'd love to talk to Kel. Or Keenan. Or Dan. Uh, any of them. I, I want to talk to Virgil, I think. I want to I want to get skid behind his head. Oh my gosh, yeah. That'd be that'd be a great conversation. So, the April Fools. On IMDB, the April Fools is ranked an 8.1 out of 10. With uh, 9 out of 62 episodes. Yeah. Although, I just checked the regular IMD that's up to date. It's 7.9. What what have you. Out of 10 bottles of orange soda. 10. 11. 
out of 10 bottles of orange soda, how many would you give the April Fools? Uh, I think I would give it an eight. An I eight. think I'm right on board with IMDb. Yeah. Because it was funny. I liked I like Chris's character a lot. Um, I don't know. I just I just feel this one out an eight. I bet nothing nothing bad about that. I want this episode to be in the running for like my top episodes. I'm gonna give it a nine. I'm gonna change it to a nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I for that reason and something I might not, you know knock it down a little bit later. But this episode's a ten out of ten in my heart and on paper. It yeah. is executed to perfection. Yeah, I, I have no places where I think they could improve. Uh, yeah, some of the jokes weren't at super good, but the speed at which they're delivered and the number of them wins me over. So, Yeah, I mean, how many pranks were there at the end? 13? Uh, yeah, like 13, 14 pranks. Th- that's a lot for a lot of bang for your buck. Halfway through, like, Keenan's in jail. That's already a whole plot episode of its own. And then everybody else follows him. It's like, he's there, the rest of, you know, all of his his karma is coming back to bite him in the butt as he's getting beat up in the final episode, final scene. It is perfect escalation. It really is. It's not better than Keenan and Kel can do. So, uh, next week, the final episode of the Keenan and Kel series, uh, besides the TV movie that we'll do after that. Yeah, we can't leave you guys hanging. Okay, no. so uh, we have... Da, 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 Tales from the Clip, which I would imagine is a clip show. Yes, and that's why that's why it's kind of not something the super celebrates. Uh, I this one was actually but uh, we'll talk about it next time. So uh, join us then when we we look back at uh, our favorite <laughs> moments from Keenan and Kel. And Aaron, this episode, I gotta tell you, I, I, a quick pitch here at the final hour here. Uh, what I'd like to do for this one is that they're gonna show clips. Uh, from the uh, from the episodes that show uh, examples of stuff, I want you to review those clips and tell me if you think there's any that might be better suited for for uh, the uh, those sequences. I was I thought you were gonna say I think we should review the clips of the podcast when we talk about those clips. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that might be really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it might be very difficult. Uh, well, well, maybe we'll have our own separate clip show episode. <laughs> I, I think I think we could do that too. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll write this up later. I'll have to I'll do it right now, but yeah, we, we'll be. We, I'm on board, look. Adam. All right, cool. All right, uh, well, thank you for joining us. Another wonderful episode of Keenan and Cal with Adam and Aaron. We're so glad you've stuck with us this long, and we are excited for this final, uh, this final little push. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week, and until then, drink some orange soda, and prank somebody you love and fill the library with cottage cheese and all here it goes thank you for listening you can send us an email at keenancalpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash keenancalpodcast uh, you can find us on twitter instagram tiktok all at keenancalpodcast Ken and Kel get themselves into a boatload of trouble, or should I say, uh, a poop deck worth of trouble. This <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what that means. Did you know that? Did you ever realize what the poop deck was? You mean the part of the ship where the like the birds poop on? No, people had to poop on that. Really? Well, well, I just made this up, but it makes <laughs> sense, right? So I, I think right? they would sooner just hang over the side of the boat. What's a terrible punishment, right? Well, you you have to scrub the poop deck, right? I feel like. That's where 
It was like a slanted part of the boat where you would poop and then the poop would slide off into the <laughs> ocean. Because you can't just hang off the side of the boat. What if you hit a wave? You're going to fall off. If you fall off, you're gone. So they probably had a poop deck where they pooped and the poop fell off the boat. Uh, it's called it's called a poop deck because um, it's from the fr- French word for stern. So basically, it's the stern deck. It's the back deck. It's the you know butt deck. That's why it's called the poop deck. Yeah, that's where people pooped. <laughs> <laughs> where else would they poop? <laughs> why right. would you poop into a bucket when you have the ocean right there? Okay, sorry. 